welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Thank you. Appreciate that. How are you doing? You good? Excellent. I figured the Queen gets to share a Christmas message, so I get to share a Christmas message. How does that sound? And what we're going to actually do is continue our series. And we're actually up to part eight, and some of you are here for the very first time. You think, oh my gosh, how is this going to work? Well, you know what? All of our messages are available free to download on the website or on iTunes. They're things you can find on a little thing called the internet. Okay, so you can get on those uh, anytime you'd like. But uh, each of the messages are a standalone message. Basically, we've been looking at the events surrounding the birth of Christ, founded on the scriptures in Luke chapter 1 and two. And um, we've covered things so far such as history or fantasy, um, things like prophecy, God preparing a way. We looked at the virgin birth. We've looked at angels. We've looked at the voice of the unborn. Pete did a brilliant job with that one. Um, my wife shared the week after on something called uh, something about Mary. So that was uh, very cool. And then last week I shared on the rallies because let's face it, every Christmas time, the rallies are always involved. And when it comes to the rallies, uh, you get the good, the bad and the ugly. Who know what I'm on about? The good, the bad, you know. know, Even today, I I imagine there's going to be some people you're really happy to see and then there's going to be some people you're not so happy to see and then you're going to have some people you say just didn't show up today. But anyway, we've got to love them all. So we looked at some of those things as how you can handle the rallies at Christmas. And today, um, the title of my message, this is part eight and this is the final part of the series. I've called it, you ready for this? It's a boy. It's a boy. We're not going to be long today, so I want to quickly read from Luke chapter 2 and the first seven verses. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the whole entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintarius, the governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time had come for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, Christmas is the amazing story of the birth of Christ. Now, I'm sorry, ladies, but I can't give you any details as to the length, weight, or head circumference of this little child. I can't tell you his hair colour. I can't tell you the colour of his eyes. We do know he was circumcised on the eighth day. That's about all I can tell you. But as far as all the details that women generally love at the arrival of a newborn, the Bible is silent on all of those things. You know, we're not even sure of the exact date. We celebrate the birth of Christ on the 25th of December. And there are some people who say, it wasn't the 25th of December, you know. And I'm so fine with that. In actual fact, I don't care 
when you want to celebrate the birth of Christ, as long as you are celebrating the birth of Christ. If you want to do that in January, along with my birthday on the 18th, that would be fine. If you want to do that any other time of the year, that's fine. But just celebrate the birth of Christ. We're not as sure on the exact date. Nonetheless, the birth of this baby boy is the reason for the season. And it's only right and fitting that we celebrate his birth. As wonderful as the birth of Christ is, birth is just the beginning. It's just the start. With every life, there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the life of Christ is no exception. And so in the very short time that I have this morning, I want to look at the beginning, middle, and end of Jesus' life to bring meaning to the Christmas story. Because let's face it, a baby being born in a manger, you put a full stop there and it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of like, okay, fine. Baby, born, manger, no room in the end. If you put a full stop there, it's like, okay, let's get on with our lives. But every life has a beginning, middle, and the end. And if we can join all those three things together, meaning comes of a life and for a life and with a life. And so we want to do that this morning very quickly. And the first thing I want to look at is that Jesus' life started in the cradle. The cradle is the beginning of the Christmas story. It was about a baby being born. And this baby was no ordinary baby. His birth was not ordinary. Jesus was born, born sorry, to a woman who was a virgin. We looked at the virgin birth in week three of this series. I don't have time to explain that anymore. But we know that Joseph had no part in this intimate relationship. This was something that was divine. We see the name that was given to this child is unusual. He was given the name Jesus, which means to save. Even as a baby, there was something on his life that was going to be bigger than himself. He was to save not just his family, but the entire world. And his claims were not ordinary. The claims of Christ was that he would be Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. When Jesus grew up, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. In actual fact, C.S. Lewis, you know C.S. Lewis, many of you would have heard of him. He said this, that a man who is merely a man and said the sorts of things Jesus said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who said he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was or is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. But let's not come up with any patronising nonsense about him being a great moral teacher. He hasn't left that open to us and he didn't intend to. You can't say the things Jesus said and just be a moral teacher. Because if you said the things Jesus said and it's not true, that makes you a liar. Jesus left no room for his life to be up for debate. He was either Lord, liar or lunatic. And it started in the cradle some 2,000 years ago. The second part of his life, the middle part of his life, 
that where we find the purpose of Christmas is at the cross. The beginning of Christmas is found around the cradle. The purpose of Christmas is found at the cross. You see, the very reason Jesus came to earth was to die. When He went to the cross, as horrible as that was, that was His purpose, that was His mandate. That is why He came. And the reason He came to die on a cross was to be a substitute for our sin. Now, let me explain that to you. Back in the day, when I was playing soccer at a fairly high level, we made the cup grand final. You can applaud if you'd like. And we got to play at Highmarsh Stadium under lights. And as was the case, I started, you know, I started the game and... <laughs> You're too kind, thank you. And as the game went on, I got tackled in a dirty way. <laughs> I love you, but sometimes you make it hard for me to love you. And so I go down, I've got blood everywhere. And I'm not one of those soccer players that just goes down and just rolls around like most soccer players do. I know what you're thinking. I prided myself on getting straight back up because I hate that aspect of the game just like many of you do. And um, I went to get up because I wanted to shake it off, but I actually couldn't. I, I was in serious trouble. <laughs> to the point I couldn't go on and had to get taken to hospital. I, I asked for that, I know. <laughs> and because I couldn't go on, I had to be substituted. In other words, someone took my place to do what I could no longer do. And when I was in the hospital, I found out that the team had won the game. And as a result of us winning, by association of being part of the team, I still got my trophy. When Jesus went to the cross, He took our place and paid a price that we should have paid. We all deserve death because of our sin. But Jesus became our substitute and took our place to do something that we couldn't otherwise do. And because of our association with Christ, and that association starts when you surrender your life to Him, you get the spoils that he'd achieved while upon the cross. The Christmas story starts in the cradle. It has its purpose and meaning in the cross. But the completion of Christmas is seen in the crown. You see, Jesus didn't just die for us, but he rose again. And he defeated death and hell once for all. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, it says, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. You know, this story of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead is not just a fable. We saw from week one that this 
teaching had its foundation in history and not just fantasy. In actual fact, there is great evidence to support the resurrection. We know that the tomb was empty, even though it was guarded. And then in the six weeks that Jesus walked on planet earth after he'd been raised from the dead, he was seen by over 550 people. And they weren't all disciples and believers. Many of them were unbelievers. Many of them became believers as a result of seeing Christ in the resurrected state. And it wasn't just on one occasion. It wasn't like Woodstock where they were all together getting high on drugs and they all happened to see this illusion. No, on 11 different occasions, Jesus Christ was seen. At least 11 occasions that we know of that have been recorded in Scripture that we know Christ was seen after His resurrection. Lord Darling, a former Chief Justice of England, said this, In its favour as living truth, there exists such overwhelming evidence, positive and negative, factual and circumstantial, that no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring in a verdict that the resurrection story is true. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? For the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us a victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we celebrate Christmas is not just because of the beginning, but because of the purpose of the cross and the completion of the crown and glory that we have in Christ. In concluding, without the cradle, Without the cross and without the crown, the Christmas story is incomplete. You see, Jesus came as a lamb, but the Bible says he'll return as a lion. He came in a manger, but the Bible says that he'll come and return on a white horse. He came as a babe, but he will return as a king and not just any king, but the king of kings. And Lord of Lords. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. In Isaiah chapter 9, as Beck, Jess, and the band get ready to sing a song to us, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It is my prayer that you have an incredible day today, that you would enjoy your family and friends, that yes, you'll even get what you asked for, That men won't just be reduced to socks and jocks this Christmas. That is my prayer for you men. 
But more than that, I pray that the eyes of our heart will be opened to the richness and the fullness and the wonder of this Christmas season. That in the midst of all the family, the busyness, the food, the presents, the swimming, and everything that takes place at Christmas time, in the midst of all of that, we would remember the reason for the season. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.